Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I am so, so, so excited to share with you this next amazing episode of Run This World. I had the pleasure of roping down, lassoing my crazy busy friend, Justin Gold, the founder of Justin's Nut Butter a brand that many of you across the country now know. However, 15 years ago when he started it, it was a little local brand he was selling at the farmer's market. So today is a really cool day because just last month, Justin sold his company to Hormel, a big wig in the peanut butter category, for just under $300 million dollars. No, I'm not kidding. $300 million. The guy hit the nut butter lottery. And what's the the, the coolest thing about him is that he's still going to work every day because he loves it and he has purpose and he knows he's doing good in the world. I met him years ago when he was stocking shelves in our local Whole Foods and have watched him build this incredible brand. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode because Justin is the epitome of the word entrepreneur, and he's so much more than that as a family man and a a guy who struggles with his own balance just like the rest of us. In today's episode, we get down and dirty on the big sale to Hormel. Then we talk about what it takes to be a successful leader, how giving back can help drive your business forward how it may take a few ideas to actually hit the big one, why the concept of doing the right thing can lead you to success. He also gives a sneak peek at a new product launch that um, actually I don't think he's told anyone else. So there you go. We're getting in on this early. And finally, how overcoming loss Um, is a tough thing for anyone. Uh, Justin overcame the loss of one of his key teammates years ago, a guy named Lance Gentry, to brain cancer. And he was able to keep his business moving forward through that and learn and grow from that, that experience. So I hope you enjoy the episode today. It's a good one. So we're just gonna get down and dirty and straight into it. Let's go. All right, everyone. I am so excited to be here with my friend, Justin Gold, superstar, mega superstar in the world of nut butters. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Nicole. So <laughs> lovely to see you. We're standing. I'm standing. You're sitting, and you're still taller than me. In Justin's <laughs> office on the west side of Pearl Street in Boulder is the coolest thing. I cannot wait to dig into your story. I love it. I love that I could come here and just meet with you on this on the fly. I've been very lucky, and I'm really lucky to have you here. So oh, thank it's you. It's my my pleasure to pull your story out and share it with my viewers. It's going to be fun. Or not viewers, listeners, let's say. Because you guys can't see us, but I bet you wish you could. I'm going to post a bunch of photos of Justin in the show notes, and you're going to want to go check those out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So I got to lead with something kind of funny. 
So I've known Justin for a lot of years, and we'll get into like how I met you and some of the fun stories we share. But a few years ago, we did um, a talk together. We were both going to Utah to do a talk, right? Remember at the University of yeah, Utah? Park right? City. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so we decided to carpool because we save the environment, do all this. So I, I'm so excited. Like, I'm going to do this cool talk. I get to hang out with Justin. And so I pick you up. And from, like, the minute I picked you up, I was just full steam ahead. Ba, 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 ba. I wouldn't shut up. And at one point, you just looked at me in the car and you go, you really talk a lot. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. And it was meant in love. And I went, God, you know, you're right. I should probably start a podcast someday. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, and I, the seed for an idea was planted. I like that. I'll take, um, I'll take full credit. Well, guess what, though? You're going to be the one talking today. So it's kind of fun. I actually asked him before most of my interviews, what would you like to hear? And he, so you guys listening, you kind of, many of you know this, but Tim is a former Ironman champion, like a guy who hit the number one level in a sport or in anything in life, right? And so he's thinking like a former Ironman champion. And he goes, well, here's the deal. Here's what I would ask him. So, Justin, you're like, you just won the Ironman. You're like the world champion right now. How does it feel to cross the finish line? Like, are you getting the, the like, coming off the big high low? Or are you still rolling with it? How are you feeling right now? That's a great question. You know, around the office, we, uh, we have it as, like, we won the Super Bowl, right? Mm. And so what's interesting for the entrepreneur is – we're so goal oriented and we're so driven to succeed. And I guess I, not, not even in the entrepreneur, but I guess just in being competitive is we're very goal driven. And so I wrote a business plan and the plan was very specific, you know, and it was to get to a certain point where we could find the right partner to then value what we've done and then pay us for that and then continue growing the company. What, is that and, because like you can't keep growing it at a pace that is going to get the word out to enough people if you don't get help? You know, it all has to, it's, it's all driven by so many factors, it, driven by the product, the, the founders, the investors, the timing in the market, the world. And so for me, it really came down to Number one, I had to bring on investors to start the business. It's just there's no other way I could have raised the money to do it. I had to raise a lot of money because I didn't invent anything, so I had to move very quickly. I couldn't protect you know, a squeeze pack or peanut butter almond, so I had to move quickly. I had to move with money, so right away I had to pay people back, which is fine, which is great. And then when you compound the fact that we have a, a low-margin product, our nut butters, that are low velocity, so they don't, you know, you, you only eat by a jar of almond butter, I don't know, once or twice a month, and then you compound that with the fact that we're in a, a very high-risk category where I'd say every year there's a peanut butter, almond butter recall because it's just a, it's a large-scale commodity that in, in storage and processing things Man. can happen, and you compound all of that with we grew the business. I did my best to find products at higher margins and had more velocity like peanut butter cups and squeeze packs. Mm -hmm. But our bread and butter is still almond butter and peanut butter jars. And so we pushed our manufacturers to the point where they were going to implode. And so we had kind of had a choice mm -hmm. to make. Either we take a step back 
and we build a factory or we wait for somebody to, to build another factory so we can keep growing or we find a partner that can take us to the next level and then pay back all our investors and do all the things that I kind of wanted to do in the first place. But before I, I, I decided to, to sell the business, I took a step back and said, okay, what are my options? Is keeping the business an option? And it's like, well, it is an option. You know, I'd have to go in, into debt to pay everybody back. Mm-hmm. It's uh, The multiples are really high on businesses because the economy is great and debt is cheap. So I'd go into debt for a very long time. Oh, my and I have a, uh, you know, and I have a business that's a, a riskier business, but it's something that could be done. And then looking back at myself and saying, well, I'm a dad, I have two kids, I've been in debt my whole life, it'd be nice to get out of debt. It, it's just, you know, not, I didn't want to take that risk. And so then I had to ask myself, well, if, if I don't want to take that risk, is there a company out there who can value what we've done and pay us for it, but continue to grow the brand the right way? That's always the key because, so I mentioned this in the intro, but we're talking about the fact that Justin just sold his business to a big, huge company. And maybe you can share a little bit more about that. Yeah. And so so I had to find out, can I find someone who can value the business and help me grow it the right way? And if I could do that, then it would make sense to sell it. If I couldn't do that, then Mm. I'd either have to compromise on my beliefs or I'd have to just find a way to keep running the business. And I got really lucky because not a lot of people can get to the level that I have and be able to find a partner who wants to continue what I'm doing. So so we we found Hormel Foods. Hormel owns a brand called Skippy, and they have a they have excellent credibility and a understanding nuts and safety and sanitation and quality around making nut butters. And they also understand how to partner with businesses and give them all the resources they need and allow them to stay autonomous and grow the way they want to grow. So my conditions for the, for the sale were stay in Boulder. I keep running it. I stay in control. I um, keep my team, keep doing everything that we're doing. And Hormel to their credit was like, look, that's exactly what we want. Because they don't want to deal with something they don't know well. And you already have a magic pill. Like, it's working. Well, in in Hormel, they understand that that food is changing and evolving. Mm. And transparency with food is really a big deal with millennials and the next generation. And one thing that I'm really proud of is we're a triple bottom line business. I know you know what that means, but for your listeners, it's that you have to take into consideration profits, people, and planet. You know, people are by taking care of our community and taking care of our coworkers. And the planet is by sourcing sustainable ingredients or organic and, you know, and, and all. And so I'm trying to prove that if you bring all those three things together, you know, you'll have a thriving business and that's the future of food. And Hormel is like, we want to, we, we want that. We don't know how to do it. The brands we have can't evolve the way yours is. So show us. And so that is so cool. And and what's crazy is, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will sell their business and walk away. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're burned Mm -hmm. out. They they made money for them and for everyone else. And they want to do something else. But I'm so passionate about nut butter and what we've done and that, you know, I I don't want to sell out. In fact, Hormel is buying in. And by really proving that they're buying in, I'm challenged and more motivated than ever to really prove that we can be a blueprint for success on helping large businesses see the future and merging with a larger business mm-hmm. and really gaining their resources, but also growing in the right way. And, you know, and if I walk away, I really fear that we would fail. 
and failing's not good for me, it's not good for my family, it's not good for the community, it's not good for my coworkers, it's not good for our customers, and it's not good for the industry, for other entrepreneurs who want to sell their companies to, to larger entities and continue to see them grow. Right. So there's a lot of pressure on us. And I'd mm-hmm. say that our consumers are optimistically cautious where you know they're mm-hmm. like, okay, so you're saying you're not going to change and everything's going to be just the way <laughs> it was. They're like, prove it. Right. Right. And all you can do is do it over time. Yeah. yeah. So that's crazy. You know, when, um, when I got the note, you know, an email about it and found out all about like how cool this exit is. And I've watched you grow the company from the beginning. I read some articles and I knew people were going to be like, Oh, another one bites the dust, sell out, you know, going to big company, whatever. But I don't understand that thinking. I do. I do. I get it, but it's because they don't live in in the shoes that you are like that, they, that's, that's exactly if you right. want to have a small brand that stays really small and it's just like, you're actually grinding the nuts here locally and you're doing your thing. Like that's one thing, but you've always been a brand that's on the edge of leading things like, okay, I'm just going to say this out loud because I know it's true. And I know this category is getting totally infiltrated as we speak. Cause I'm seeing it happen. You created something brand new and nut butter. Not only were there really cool and interesting flavors, which that might have not been brand new, maybe it was, but the squeeze pack. That was brand so new. Yeah. And like you did that. So how important is it to lead in a category? Like, are you smarter to lead and innovate? Or do those companies usually get swallowed up and by some amazing force of nature you didn't? Yeah, you know. It, it, <laughs> I think there's a question in there somewhere. <laughs> It's it's tricky. I mean, you know, it's you know, you, you did the same with your with your business. I mean, you innovated and created an entire category that didn't exist, and it's very brave to do that. And there's a lot of risk in that, mm-hmm. you know. And the risk is that everyone's watching you, and if you succeed, then they have the resources to maybe grow faster. Mm-hmm. And if you fail. And it's like, oh, okay, well, glad we didn't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you need something special to like push through that idea and, and, phase. And so for me, I, I feel like I did the right thing because I, I brought on investors early because I knew that I didn't have any protection. All I had was speed. The faster I moved mm. and had gotten to stores before a bigger company did, the more protected I would be. And then, and then what most people don't understand is – there's all these forces of nature that have to come together, which I'd like to say I was really smart and predicted, but the truth is I was lucky. And I was lucky for the fact that I live in Boulder, where there's a lot of really smart, natural food professionals True. to help yep. me. Mm-hmm. You know, And for those of you who don't know, there's Celestial Seasonings, Silk Soy Milk, Horizon Organic Dairy, Rudy's Organic Bread, Izzy Soda, you know, Wild Oats at the time, on all in a on. small little mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. So number one, I had a lot of resources to help me, and it's a college, you know, college town. And then number two, there's just timing in the market. So not only did we innovate and create a category, but fats are on trend, nut butters are on mm-hmm. trend. And so all these forces converged. And because of that, you know, I was at the right place at the right time with the right products. And I was smart enough to know that I got to move fast. And by moving fast, you know, there came conditions, you know, and most people don't realize this, but when you borrow money from someone, the expectation is you'll pay them back. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) And maybe, hopefully, they make more money than they put in. And that usually doesn't happen. It usually doesn't happen. Yeah. So you did something really special. like. And for those of you who wow. don't know, Nicole and Tim DeBoom were early, early investors. And they didn't have a lot of money to put in the business because Nicole was starting her business at the time. But she looked me in the eye and goes, Justin, I believe in you. And she put some of her money into our business. And I'm very thankful and proud that we're able to grow it for her. Do you know what's really funny? I think I said, I think your valuation is way too high, but I don't care. We're still going to put some money in. <laughs> but you you were like, you were right on the money. And so watching you take all the steps you did along the way has been like so incredibly fun. And anybody who sees something special happening, if you have the ability to support that little something special you know, have those conversations with yourself and your partner because they can turn into, you know, something that changes the world. And on this note, I want to go back to what you said at the beginning. You said, I'm really passionate about nut butter. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, you don't hear that who wants to? <laughs> and Justin owns that, man. When, uh, when we first met you, we were racing. Tim and I think we're still racing. And, um, I know Tim was for sure. And you supported us with product. Mm. And I remember getting deliveries of pails, like buckets. <laughs> it was like the nut butter bucket. That's right. Do you remember the buckets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was all of our overruns. Oh, the over- I don't care if it was an overrun. <laughs> it was, we ate almond butter out of those buckets yeah. with spoons in like two days. 50 pound pails. It was, it was amazing. Good thing fats are trending. That is like... One of the coolest things I've ever heard, and probably every woman listening who's a woman runner who wants to, you know, here's something nice. Guess what? Fats are trending. You can eat a lot of nut butter and feel good about it, right? Coconut oil, ghee. I mean, it's Ooh. all, yeah. It's on. Oh, is that a new line extension I see here? <laughs> no. Okay, no. we don't have to talk about that yet. Um, but tell me about, like, what led to wanting to get into nut butter. And I know when you started, the product was a little different. So maybe take us through a little evolution here. Back to the beginning. <laughs> and the hair. The hair. You were known for the hair and the buckets of nut butter. And <laughs> So I uh, – uh, where do I start? So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was going to, uh, to a small college in near Harrisburg. And while I was in college, I was really excited because I finally figured out what I wanted to be in life. And I was, I was a senior – I was a junior in college and I decided I wanted to be a lawyer, an environmental lawyer. And at the time, I was really inspired by Rachel Carson who wrote a book. I was inspired by uh, Civil Action, which was an environmental kind of uh, law book that came out. And then Aaron Brockovich and Water Quality. And I really thought I could fight the big fight through law. So my senior year, I interned for a, a law firm in Harrisburg and I'm preparing for the LSATs and I have a, and I'm, a, I'm a majoring in environmental policy. And when you're a kid and you're in college, it's like, you know, what's next? And what's your major? Did you clear it? Did you, do you have an internship? Mm-hmm. Do you have a job lined up? Like, it's just go, go, go. And this is East Coast. And so I was really psyched because I had the rest of my life figured out. And so I'm preparing for the LSATs and I'm interning for a law firm. And it was the best internship of my life. Because I realized I did not enjoy law. Wow. So it like it took the rug right from out, out 
right out from under me. And I uh, dropped out of my, my LSAT course, graduated a degree in environmental policy, moved to California, Bay Area, because I heard it was cool out there. I spent my whole life in Pittsburgh I, or Pennsylvania. It was cool. I'm going. <laughs> so I go to San Francisco to check it out. Yeah. And, uh, and I realized that I do not belong in California because mm. I'm just I'm, – I'm too high strung. <laughs> <laughs> you needed a middle ground. So Colorado became this great <laughs> kind of compromise where you know people are very driven – but at the end of the day, we're here for a reason. And it's still yeah. to you know join the community. So anyway, so I'm living in Colorado. I'm waiting tables. I'm vegetarian. I was eating a lot of peanut butter and almond butter for protein. And 15 years ago, you know, I'm shopping at natural food stores. Literally, there was two types of peanut butter in the natural food store: smooth or crunchy, and that was it. And so, totally. And there was almond butter, but it didn't taste good, and I couldn't understand it because, you know. When you need a handful of almonds, it tastes great. But when you buy almond butter, it tasted different. Yeah. And so I'm just being curious. I think most entrepreneurs are really just curious people. Mm. They ask lots of questions and then they, they discover their own truths on why things work and don't work. And so I, with a food processor, you know, just started grinding my own peanuts and almonds. And I would add everything that I could find from fresh bananas to dried bananas to cinnamon to honey to maple syrup to cayenne pepper, almonds, cashews, blueberries, whatever. And I'd put them in empty jars, put them in the cupboard. And then my roommates would always steal them and eat them. And so literally I would write Justin's on the jar. And then, (laughs) Amazing. I'm seeing it right now. And then it's, you know, and it was really (laughs) easy to make and they tasted so much better. Well, of and course, I and your under- roommates had to steal it. <laughs> well, everyone's wondering, like, what's that noise? What are you doing? Like, it's the middle <laughs> of the night. That weird, but I sleep. must have it. <laughs> and so I, uh, and so then, like, you, and then what happens is this is what separates, I don't know, success from failure is then it's like, all right, well, I have this great idea, right? Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do about yeah. it? Yeah. And that's when I really, think that my college background really helped out because I wasn't afraid to use a library. And CU has a great business school. And I literally used the business school library to research how to write a business plan. And as I'm writing the business plan, I get stumped on a few things. You know, the first thing is what type of business entity, you know, sole proprietorship, C Corp, S Corp, LLC. Totally remember what's the all difference? of that. You oh know, my why gosh. Is, what's the tax advantage from one over the other? And so then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, are there any local food companies here that I can reach out to and ask their guidance with? And then that's when I discovered, holy crap, there's a lot of them. So then I uh, <laughs> wrote the business plan. My first round was from family. I think it was like 100, 100K, 120K. And that got me to the farmer's market. And then from the farmer's huh. market, I was able to refine the recipes, really hone in on what success looked like, and then, um, and then launched the company. And, and for about four years, I was working part-time like at REI and doing nut butter. And I was really failing, but I didn't realize it. Huh. Because so when was that? Early 2000s? This is like 2004 to 2008. Okay. Yep. And then in 2007, on a mountain bike ride, and I'm failing. Like, you know, I'm just not making money. People aren't buying nut butter as much as I thought. You know, right. I, you know getting in Whole Foods to me was the whole goal. But getting into Whole Foods is actually easier than getting people to notice you on shelf and buy mm-hmm. you. So I was just really struggling and I didn't understand why. And then I realized that, you know, I didn't, wasn't bringing anything innovative to the category. It was, it was, you know, I had a cinnamon peanut butter or a honey peanut butter, mm-hmm. but it cost twice as much. And consumers were nervous 
and our almond butter was like $10 and that's, that's just a lot of money and consumers were nervous to try something new that was so expensive. Mm-hmm. So then I, I'm on a mountain bike ride in 07 and I'm eating like an energy gel mm-hmm. and and I was just, I'm like, man, you know, I really don't want a carbohydrate, sugary Yeah, you're just feeling the product. sugar drip down your throat and you're like, <laughs> Which Ugh. sometimes is okay, you yeah. know. I wanted protein. Yeah. And that was like my aha, no one's mm-hmm. delivering protein in a squeeze pack and I'm like – my God, that's such a silly idea. Why? You know, why, why, why? Can it not be done? Has it been done before? Who's doing it now? Where can I get equipment? How much does that equipment cost? Can someone make it for me? What do I what do I call it? How much do I sell it for? What do I put in? All these questions, you know, start coming up. And what was really fun is no one had done it before. So there was no blueprint mm-hmm. on, you know, on what it looks like. So I literally had to had to invent, you know, what size is it? What's, you know, what do you call it? You know, how do we merchandise it? Uh, how much do we sell it for? Which has been copied by a lot of companies, mm-hmm. which is great because it just, it literally validates it as legitimate. It does. You know, if you're the only person making a running skirt, you look like you're you, crazy. You look like the weird little oddball in the corner. But if other companies, you know, mm-hmm. legitimize it, it makes yeah. you look like a visionary. Yeah. And so, long, which you are. No, no, no. <laughs> so you are. So, long story short, no, you uh, are. Came up with the idea of the squeeze pack, and for me, it was this portable protein vehicle. And then we did our first angel okay. round to basically uh, support that, grow that, because I had some concepts, but really wasn't selling that in stores just yet. And to me, it was this portable protein. But what ended up happening, our biggest market segment, which I didn't even identify, were number one portion control people who are right. maybe on a diet mm-hmm. or who are looking to control the calorie consumption. And number two was trial size. So when I was like, oh, I've, I've always wanted to try almond oh, butter, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but $10 is too expensive. Oh, look, a squeeze pack for less than a dollar. Let me try it. Mm-hmm. And so people were buying their own trial, which was crazy. Right, which is so cool. And then that really accelerated the growth of the product. And then, uh, yeah, and that, that really got us off to the races. Okay, there's a couple cool things. So first... I always say, like, if I'm to start another company, it's going to be something with trial size. Because I can't give everyone a $70 skirt to try. They can't trial clothing. You right. can't. But food, this is it, right? This Food's is where it's fun, at. Because you love to Food's talk fun. about it, to share it, highly consumable. Man, highly consumable. Let's hope so. Um, but I also love that this idea was kind of a, a second idea on a failing idea, Mm. became the big winner, and it happened on a bike ride. Mm, Yeah. Like, this is when your mind opens up, right? And I see you in the gym all the time. You clearly are an athlete, or I don't even know what your athletic background is. What is it? Basketball. I'm a team sports guy. I played basketball, Mm. soccer, lacrosse. When I got to Colorado, everything turned to individual sports. But I grew up skiing, and so now I do a lot of uh, trail running, mountain biking, and I'm a tele-skier, so do all ski trips. and. So cool. I think I saw you on a trail one time wearing running shorts that looked like jeans. Do you remember those? (laughs) I don't even know what they're... Anyway, but they weren't jeans. They were like... (laughs) (laughs) I think they were like Ross or something. They're like super clear. Well, that's what we do to get by. We get what we need. Um, But, you know, this whole... It's just so fun to watch something happen with such good intention. And what I love is you talked about the triple bottom line and this philanthropy side has been in you since you're, you were going to go to law school because of the philanthropy part of you, 
because you wanted to save the environment, you know, like it to make it really basic. Right. So I can understand how that's been a part of Justin. So maybe tell me more about like your vision for that with Justin's. What do you support? Yeah. What do you got? Is it money? Is it product? Like how do you do good and not go out of business doing good? God, that that's, that's a conundrum because a lot of young businesses that I meet with have this social impact mission, which is maybe a one for one. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, look, this is a great idea. And I, I support it, but if you don't have the profit profit margins to to, to grow, mm-hmm. you know, you know, one for one of nothing is nothing, right? So <laughs> totally. So why not just focus on the business and get it to a size where then you can do more good? Yeah. And I'm not saying not do good along the way, but you can volunteer, you can do a lot of other oh, ways. And so, it, so for us, it was you know first survival. And now that we've, we're past the survival stage and we can really have an impact, and the challenge is, Nicole, there's just so much work in the world that needs to be done. You know, where do you start? I don't, it's, it's mind-blowing. And everyone has their hand out and everyone needs help and you want to help everyone. Mm-hmm, totally. And so what I did is I put it into buckets. We have four buckets that are important to me and this brand. Cool. The first bucket is Nourish. Right, we have a food product, mm-hmm. and so th- w- through our Nourish campaign, we work with a group called Conscious Alliance. They work ex- they work with uh, almost exclusively with Pine Ridge Native American Reservation. If you Google uh, poorest county in the U.S., seven out of ten of them are Native American, okay. and one of the hardest ones is in South Dakota, which is Pine Ridge. And it's a Lakota reservation, and they uh, they need help, and it's more than just food. But that's one thing we have that we can do is give is help mm-hmm. with food. Yep. So that's our number one is nourish. Our second one is educate. I got a lot of help getting here. So I give back on, on a lot ah. of levels to the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And there's an organization called Naturally Boulder that, that helps natural food entrepreneurs rise out of Boulder. So mm-hmm. we're a, a title sponsor for them. Uh, we have another pillar called Inspire. And I'm really inspired by creative culturists, culturalists from artists to musicians and we have a lot of local art here in the office that we rent cool. from local artists. And E-Town is one of our local sponsors because I'm just really inspired by the work that they do, you know, in keeping everything creative. And the last one has to do with, um, I think it's it's Engage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that pillar has to do with engaging our natural environment, right? I'm really inspired mm-hmm. by being outside. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's an organization here called Thorne Institute. Okay. And Thorne, their mission is to get... I don't want to say impoverished, but I'd say to get children to have a outdoor experience who may not necessarily be able to afford or find that experience. And they're trying to get kids to fall in love with the outdoors so they'll have an understanding of it and do the right thing to develop a relationship with the natural outdoors, which means in the long term, protect it. Yeah. So so th- those are kind of our buckets and those are the, the title sponsors for each bucket and then there's a lot of little organizations that you know we, we work with boulder mountain bike alliance that's part of right, the outdoor okay. and we work with yeah you know um grow which is helping uh do little plant uh plant boxes and schools here so kids can see where their food comes from there's a lot of local organizations yeah. that we also work with that fall in those categories but you have to almost define what do we stand for and if it doesn't fall in the in that bucket then there's got to be somewhere somewhere else you can go because we can only do so much. Right. That's that true. Yeah. Totally. And one of the hardest things, I don't know if this was hard for you, actually, I'll ask, is saying no hard? My gosh. So <laughs> so I hired a, uh, 
So in order in order to, to grow the company to the next level, I hired basically a CEO to run all the day to day operations and allow me to work on the things that I'm I really enjoy working on. So what are those things? It has to do with innovation and sustainability and corporate culture and the marketing and sales calls and product and the things yeah. you started the company with. It's yeah. not like holding weekly and daily and monthly meetings and, and quarterly updates. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. So what's interesting is so this guy <laughs> The boring <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's the nuts and bolts, man. It's the important stuff. And so I brought this guy on Peter Burns, who was a CEO of Celestial Seasonings and he was mm-hmm. just a local industry icon and he comes on to help me. And I and I, I I always say, and it's not a joke, I'm like, Peter taught me a word I had never said before. No. And so when Peter came on, it was everything I needed to hear. It was about discipline and focus. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, Justin, you want to stand for something? You know, philanthropic wise, what is it? Define it, identify it, and create parameters for it. It was like, I never thought about it like that, you know? <laughs> so, and it makes it easier to say no. But it's I still I still really struggle with it. And my famous catchphrase is I don't say no, I just say not now. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea, not now. Uh, moving on. Um, wow. Well, okay, so you're like you epitomize entrepreneur to me. It's just it's in you. It's whether you knew it going in or you had some of this in your background in high school, like you are it. I know I think most entrepreneurs are kind of reluctant. I think that, Hmm. I mean, let's face it. If someone was doing what I, I, it's not like I sat around and was thinking, okay, I really want to own my own business. What is a category I can get into and be successful at? You know, (laughs) right? it's almost like you fall into it because you're passionate about something and you have this kind of, this attitude that, you know, this just feels right. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't define it. Everyone's telling me I'm, I'm crazy, but it just feels right. And you, you maybe it's a, a close relationship with your own gut. Yeah, like you learn how to listen to that early on, and that's what helps you make a lot of these decisions. And, and then, it's, and like you said, when you think back to the way maybe you did certain things or how you ended up where you are in life, you know, it's like, well, being a lawyer would have been the safe thing to do, mm. you know, but I didn't, and so I trusted my gut. And then it's like that led this into motion and it's all these things that happen. And now that I've been successful with this, I feel like I have permission to Mm. see the world differently. Yeah. You know, like I have some, I have some other ideas that are, um, that are interesting. They're not nut butter related. I'm smart enough to know that I don't want to do it again. So I'll find the right entrepreneur and invest in him Mm -hmm. or her. But it's just, it's just, you know, you see things, you're like, why isn't someone... I don't know. You just see the world a little differently. Totally. And I think that that a really good entrepreneur sees a world of possibility and and not a world of negativity. So what are some of those things? Do you want to share so people can call you and be like, dude, I want to work on that for you. What's coming next for you? What's your, what do you see in that crystal ball? What's our world need that it doesn't have? Yeah. So I I won't tell you anything outside of Justin's, but I think that the one thing that we're going to do that's really exciting is, um, we need to be better at storytelling. Mm. And I think that right now we buy almonds from a bunch of different places across the U.S. And one thing that's been important to me was to support U.S. agriculture. So all of our almonds come from the U.S., all of our hazelnuts the U.S., peanuts from the U.S., because we can. We can't, we can't import cocoa from the U.S., right. so, we, so we import that. So, so can we get a, a layer deeper? 
You know, can we tell the stories of the farmers and oh, what, what they're doing and who they are? I and, love this. And how, you know, we're impacting their families mm-hmm. or their families' families. And so how, how deep can we get with our farmers and how can we communicate that? And, and so what I'd like to do is create kind of a, a better storytelling practice and just let, I think the dairy industry, organic milk's done a good job with it. Mm-hmm. I've seen some yogurt companies do it, and it hasn't been done in nut butter. So I think that's where we can make a difference. And then also, you know, we have uh, with this whole snacking side we've just gotten into oh, with, with the insane. snack packs. Insane. So we have the pretzel pack. We have a new product we're launching with with Target and other natural retailers next this year, which will be it's, it's actually going to come out next month. So I think I talk about it. It's uh, the world's first non-perishable fruit with a nut butter pairing and check this out it's banana chips and peanut butter oh that's so smart (laughs) but it's so silly like why didn't why but you're doing it (laughs) and no one can copy you between the one week this comes out and you launch like why why isn't anyone ever put peanut butter and banana together put it together i don't know but we all do it i i ate a banana with justin's almond butter today so it's 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 just a little snack pack for kids and you know, and that's coming out. So, you know, we're really looking at how can we stay creative and go deeper in our supply chain. And, and then, you know, and I'm also looking at things in two buckets, right? There's innovation and there's renovation. Huh. So what are we doing today that we can do better? Maybe there's an ingredient that we can source organic that we haven't been able to before. Maybe there's a raw material that we can blend with recycled content, a jar or a, or packaging perhaps, because it's the right thing to do. And so we're looking yeah. at a lot of at, at some renovation things as well. That's great. So, okay, we're going to run just a little bit long if that's okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, so when you go, when you're in business this long, I mean, it's been 15, 15 years, yeah. um, you go through ups and downs. We know you've had some recalls, mm. but one of the hardest things that I watched happen mm. was Lance. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, uh, just to share a little bit, this was an incredibly amazing, brilliant, charismatic, like just the kind of guy everybody wants to know, right? And you hired him to come on board. And I remember you and Lance sitting on our couch doing the investor pitch back in the day. And yeah. and it was like, wow, I just want to hang out with these guys. And uh, at some point along the way, Lance got sick and passed away. And he was running the company at that time, wasn't he? And you had kind of moved into you can share the story more, but the point is, I think about Justin's and everything you've had to get through, and most companies wouldn't survive that. To have a key person who, A, I would just be broken down. I don't know how I would personally be able to come back and keep going. So what happened and how did you get through that and how did it change you as a person and as a business person? Oh, what is this? I know, it's a big one, but I, yeah, I think so- it's important. Yeah, so Lance was a um, he was one of the first hires at Izzy. He was their VP of marketing, and Izzy Soda, you know, sold the brand to to Pepsi, and and Lance was just a gifted, gifted person. Lance is the kind of guy where <clears throat> he could give you advice on anything, from power tools to growing a brand to race cars <laughs> to you know kissing a girl. Like he was just like gifted, and he yeah. was a really like charismatic guy, and so he came on to help me run the business. And he was like my uh, my voice of reason. I would mm. bounce everything off of him, and he was a great sounding board. And we had this great kind of co ownership of the brand, where he, I was the CEO, and he was the the president. But really, we had interchangeable yeah. roles. 
and uh, and Lance got sick and had a, and uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and and with about and within about uh, eight months of the diagnosis, he passed away, and he had two kids that were, oh man, young, ten and twelve at Beautiful. the time, yeah, and so. When Lance passed, I mean, it, it. two things happened. So the first thing that happens is this sense of sadness and grief and, you know, why me and uh, nothing's right in the world and, you know, things don't happen for a reason, things happen. And, and it creates this, you know, this really sense of uh, disparity. And then there's a, there's a, a, a fork in the road. And every entrepreneur, every person, every athlete faces this fork, you know, whether it's coming back from an injury or it's losing someone you care about or, and, and you just have to make a decision, you know, and, and the decision that I made was to stay positive and to surround myself with the best people that I can and, and to stay focused and to just honestly, like get back to work. And it was, it was a hard thing to do because you want to grieve and you want to just, you know, live for the moment. And you're like, well, if, if this guy who's the strongest guy I know can be taken down so quickly, what is this all for? Right. Who, who cares about building a brand? Who cares about, mm-hmm. you know, going to work every day? Let's go travel. Let's spend time mm-hmm. with my family. Let's go do the things I've always wanted to do. And, and then, so you always have that too. And it's, it's just crazy. Well, there it's uh he left a deep mark on a lot of people and I'm sure you're on you more than just about anyone. And it does, it gives you a different perspective. And I don't, were you married at that time? Uh, yes. And, yep. and my wife was expecting. And so our daughter was born a week after he passed. So it was kind oh, of like this, wow. this weird, um, a lot of them, big stuff at yeah. once. Yeah. Big life changing things. Yeah. So your dad, you've got two. Is that it? That, well, you don't have to divulge anything if something's going on. <laughs> we're, yeah. So, I mean, we're done having our own kids. Oh. I, I just feel like we have so much love and uh, and kindness to share that I think that at some point it might make sense to, to look at, see if anyone needs, you know, a home for one of their children or a home or adopt or we'd love to, 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 to consider something like that. But right now we're in the weeds. Yeah. In the weeds. I I love that term. Yeah. Um, wow. That's so cool. I mean, and I see you at the gym, you're trying to take care of yourself. I remember one day I saw you at rally sport. I don't know if you work out there still, but, um, and you just said, I've been traveling a lot and I'm just, when I don't get my workouts in, it just makes me, and you didn't have another word for it. You said, sad. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get it. I mean, is that a big part of like who you are and making sure that you, you know, take care of your body along the way? Yeah. It's mind, body, spirit, you yeah. know? And, and so I need to always be reading something that's going to give me uh, I want to say competitive edge, but it's going to keep me sharp. And I want my body to be, to feel healthy. You know, I don't need to be the, the strongest or the skinniest or you know the biggest i just want to feel healthy and then i feel like that if those two are in sync then my spirit which is my overall energy level and happiness and place in the world you know all comes together and if one of those is out of balance then i feel like you just 
you're not successful. That's true. And it's really hard to keep them all in balance. And I'm a triathlete, so I get the threes, right? (laughs) One of them's always a little bit off. So you're working on that while the others are rolling along. And it's interesting because, you know, and I'm sure from your vantage point too, you meet a lot of successful business people and they don't, one of them, or they're always kind of compromising on something whether it's their maybe their marriage or maybe it's their children or maybe it's they don't go to the they don't go to the gym enough or maybe they don't eat right. healthy enough or they don't sleep enough or they don't whatever i feel like they're always mm-hmm. compromising on something and and you almost have to when you first start but then you have to be disciplined enough to know okay well i can't do that forever so let's go back and find that balance right and so i i've i've learned through other people's i'd say uh <clears throat> Blow ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. mean, really, it's uh, when you figure out that something's not sustainable, a part of your lifestyle, you do have to make changes, but you can't usually see it when you're in it. So you often do have to hit a wall. Yeah. Which is hard. You know, I and, know. And, I, and, I've, and I've been very fortunate to have mm-hmm. a lot of be surrounded by a lot of really successful mentors or whatever to, to, to kind of ask them, you know help me look out for things before I get there, you know? And, yeah. and they always say, invest in your family, invest in your, your children and your, and your spouse and invest in your health. And, yeah. you know, cause if you don't have your health because you didn't take care of yourself, what good is all of this that we've accomplished? It's true. If you can't enjoy it. I know it's true. So, okay. Quick product question, like a little speed round here. What's a favorite product you've ever made? Maple almond butter to this day. I Me can't, too. I can't get over it. I'm a. I am it's completely ridiculous. addicted. You guys actually sponsored like an event. We recently had our store grand opening, and I've been stealing all the maple <laughs> almond nut packets. Don't tell anyone. They're all in my backpack. I eat like one a day while I'm there. I can't help it. They're so good. It's amazing. I don't understand. Like, <sighs> how'd I, you live without it? I, it's it's bizarre. Like. <laughs> We just make I, I, we grind the nuts differently than everybody else. It, we literally, literally, it's more like a food processor than anything, and it just tastes so much better. Well, okay. So when you got into candy, here's another question. So what, tell us what candies you're making. We do. We're very specific right now. We're just doing organic dark chocolate. Sorry, organic fair trade peanut butter cups, dark milk and white chocolate. Yes. And they're in double cups and they're in minis, and we're looking to to broaden our chocolate candy whatever kind okay. of scope and it's something we're looking into now but candy's been difficult for me because I, I don't want to be known as a candy company i want to be known mm. as a protein company so our our goal is we add a protein yeah. component to chocolate right you mm-hmm. can eat a piece of dark chocolate or mm-hmm. you can eat a piece of dark chocolate with mm-hmm. protein with peanut butter so that's kind of like our angle to it and it all started because I, I, you know, I mentioned I was passionate about nut butter, right? Uh. Which includes peanut butter. <laughs> and so when you go shopping at natural food stores 10 years ago, you couldn't buy a peanut butter cup. I take that back. You could buy one peanut butter cup. It was made by Newman's, but it was a tiny, three tiny little cups that didn't have nearly as much peanut butter as they should. And to me, the gold standard was Reese's. So oh yeah, how can you make, you know, so I wanted something, I wanted that nostalgic experience, but I wanted it to be the best because we don't need candy. So if I'm going to have candy, I want it to be organic. I want it to be fair trade chocolate. And I want it to have less sugar and than what's out there and taste great. And no one was delivering on that. And it just mm-hmm. seemed crazy because it's just such a, a lovable product. And so we just launched it and it just took off. It became like a 
I don't know, its own kind of business unit. The number one impulse buy at Whole Foods across the country? Honestly, it is the number one. Wow. The dark chocolate. Okay, this is cool, though, because you didn't have to lead. Reese's did it. Like, you led with your squeeze packs, and they made it. You led in a certain way because you did it natural, you mm. know, but you didn't have to lead and you're making it. So you can win both ways. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about listening to yourself and your timing and all of that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They, uh, they really created the market and we just, you know, um, we made a better product. It's so cool. But, you know, it, but again, it's like, did, did the Justin's brand, you know, and nut butter help give authenticity or validation to a peanut butter cup or did I, I we, you know, you mm-hmm. still don't really know, you know, it's, right. you know, chicken or the egg dog wagging right. the tail. I don't know, but together well, they did both did really well. I mean, I do know that if we sell food at our retail store, it needs to be disguised as candy. Cause that's really what women want to gravitate to for that quick, sweet treat. You know, they're not going to buy a gel to like sip in the car on the way home, but they're going to buy the white chocolate peanut butter cups, which is a crowd favorite of our uh, skirt sports employee base. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're like freaking out over them. Um, okay. So a couple quickies. So now we know you won an Ironman in a, <laughs> you know, metaphorically, right. right yeah, yeah. Or in your world, you I won would... the Super Bowl. Do you love how I brought it back to endurance sports here? <laughs> so, uh, like you had a big event, right? Your business is moving into a new level. You're still steering the ship. But what what drives you every day when you wake up? What gives you purpose to get out of bed and keep at it? Because you don't have to. You could be done. Right. So what's driving you now in life at this age and stage? How old are you? 38. Oh, my God. I love it's it. Just a baby. So young. Um, <gasps> yes. And oh, I wish I felt that way. So honestly, it... it What's driving me? It, it's a lot of things. You know, I'd say the, the most important thing is to do the right thing, right? And so I want to do the right thing by by the company that, that bought us. I want to do the right thing by my employees who are still here working with me, the right thing by our customers, the right thing by the industry. So I want to do the right thing first and foremost. Secondly, I want my my family and my investors and the community to be proud. And I feel that the best way for them to be proud is to see their dad working and to see, you know, that he's still contributing to making this Mm -hmm. a really successful brand. And what makes this a successful brand in my eyes is our ability to, you know, promote organics and to promote nut-based nutrition and to promote sustainable sourcing for certain crops and to do a lot of philanthropic things by supporting the right charities and making the world a better place. And that's where I think this brand can make a big difference. And, and that's what motivates me every day is, is just being able to, to hopefully be a blueprint for success for a lot of other young companies. And, you know, and I don't know, I, I, I was really inspired by my parents who work very hard. And I think that if you can work hard and love what you do and make a difference, done. What, what more do you need? It's exactly. You know? And I love that success when you said, be successful. It wasn't about hitting a number and selling more jars and more, you know, squeeze packs. It was about promoting nut-based nutrition, um, promoting organic farming, you know, like different kind of level where you're really speaking to a greater purpose, which I think is really important. I love that. Very cool. Okay. My last question I ask everybody. Um, so this podcast is called run this world. 
And I always ask everyone, if you could give the listeners one nugget, one little piece of advice that could help them run their worlds in a bigger, better way, what would it be? Run their world in a bigger and better way. So I, I'd say two things. Number one is, is attitude. Attitude is so important when you're approaching anything, whether it's a new relationship or it's a new job or it's a new opportunity or it's anything. And, and you just attract what you put out. And so I think attitude is so important. And the second thing, and this is for anyone who has, you know, an, an entrepreneur, you know, kind of a itch or bone in their body is I, I highly believe that if you don't start somewhere, you'll never end up anywhere. And so I feel that there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are so paralyzed by the fear of failure or the fear of the unknown that they never start. And I think the really good ones start somewhere and maybe they pivot, you know, maybe they, maybe they hit it out of the park on their first swing rare, but it happens. Or maybe they pivot and they decide that Steve Demos, a local hero, instead of soy milk, he, instead of tofu, he pivots to soy milk. Brilliant. You know, and so you just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, we pivoted from jars to squeeze packs. And so I, I just think that if you don't start somewhere, you never end up anywhere. And it's really attitude that gets you through tough times. I love it. Amazing. Okay. We ran a little more than a five day today. <laughs> I could keep a talking. Slow, slow you know that. Day, like, <laughs> um, got the gift. Thank you so much for being on today. Thanks, Nicole. High five. Awesome. Woo. Wow. 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 All right. Are you all not just the hugest fans of Justin Gold and through him, his amazing products? I mean, that's really what it's about is getting to know the people behind the product. And this guy is, he's just so cool. You want to hang out with him. So, hey, rewind the episode. Listen all you want. (laughs) Become his best friend. Um, Everybody else wants to. And, you know, like I said earlier, the coolest thing about him is that, yeah, he's been very successful. He's worked very hard for it. But he's still getting out there and going to work every day because he loves what he does and he truly believes he can make change in the world, and he is. So one really cool thing we're doing, and this was Justin's idea, was we're doing a little giveaway of Justin's goodies. We're going to give a box of something. Uh, You may even be able to pick it. We'll see. All you have to do is head over to the Skirt Sports Facebook page, and there'll be a post about this podcast where you need to write down and list Justin's favorite product, which you should know because you just listened to this podcast. Um, And of that list, we'll pick a random winner. So there you go. You get to enjoy some Justin's while you're listening to Justin's. Um, I do encourage you to go over to his website, justins.com, and learn more. You can find his products all over the country in natural food stores, grocery channels, I see them in Starbucks everywhere I travel, so it's out there, it's out and about, and you can make a decision on what your favorite product's going to be. Hopefully his new snack pack will also be a winner. All right, everybody, that was a cool one, but you know what time it is now. It's time to get out there and run this world, so have a great workout, and I will see you next week.